a dream that one day we shall fight on the beaches, we shall fight on the landing grounds, we shall fight in the fields and in the streets, we shall fight in the hills, we shall never surrender. The Historian's Magazine Podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Historian's Magazine podcast, the podcast where we bring history to you in an accessible way from some of the world's most exciting historians. The Historian's Magazine podcast is produced and presented by past and present media, the home of accessible history. Hello and welcome back to the Historian's Magazine podcast. Now, I am your host, as always, Jackson Van Uden, and in today's episode, we are talking to Kat Boxall from the British Motor Museum. This is a great episode on our feature museum in the motorsport edition of the Historian's Magazine. Now, without further ado, we'll go right into our message from our supporters, and then we'll be speaking with Kat. Now, here at the Historian's Magazine, we love hearing and learning about history that isn't often touched upon in history textbooks or in traditional history media. And one place that we love to go and learn about this kind of history is the Past podcast with Veronica Fortune. Now, Past is the podcast about those who would never rule. So if you've ever been curious about why women couldn't inherit the throne of France or how the Hundred Years' War started, this is the show for you. Now, Veronica covers the almost kings and queens of history and the reasons why they would never rule, which is an amazing idea, and I really think you're going to enjoy it. So that is The Past Podcast, P-A-S-S-E-D, The Past Podcast. Now, I know you're fascinated by history because you are listening to the Historian's Magazine podcast. But are you interested in the history of art and culture? Do you want to learn more about works of art, famous artists or exciting archaeological discoveries? If you do, do you want to learn about it through free quality art history content? If that is something that appeals to you, look no further than Accessible Art History, the podcast. This is a weekly podcast where it explores all of these topics and so much more in such an accessible and entertaining way. The goal of this podcast and accessible art history is to provide history, knowledge, content and fun whilst learning. Now you can listen to this podcast and download it through any major podcast player, be that Apple Podcasts, Spotify or whatever you listen to your podcasts on. So that is Accessible Art History, the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Historians Magazine podcast. I'm Jackson Van Uden and I'm joined today by Kat Boxall. How are you doing, Kat? I'm very good, thank you, yeah. Now, thank you very much for taking the time to sit down with me and do this podcast and show me around the museum. It's been absolutely great. Yeah, any time, So, you know, we've just been looking around the museum. I've had a great day. Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, the origins in the museum? Um, so the museum itself uh, celebrates its 30th birthday this year, which is very exciting. Um, but the collection is actually uh, quite a bit older than the museum itself. So the charitable trust behind the museum, which is the British Motor Industry Heritage Trust, uh, has been around since the 1980s. And the museum obviously opened in 1993. Um, but it started as a company collection for the sort of umbrella uh, British Leyland, so all of the car companies that formed British Leyland, um, that's how it started. 
and it was a, a sort of collection of um, anything old that they found around the various factories uh, during the buildings, which they thought would probably be sensible to um, preserve, and, uh, and the charitable trust came out of that uh, line of thinking, really. It's pretty cool seeing those those cars that you've managed to take from that trust and, and put on display. Um, and, you know, seeing some of those British Leyland cars is, is really quite interesting, actually, having grown up with the aftermath. Yes, yeah. I mean, it sounds very strange to say that they're quite interesting. A lot of people um, think they're very beige. Um, <laughs> and there are quite a lot of beige cars, like, physically in the collection. Um, but I think it is amazing. It's It's your personal memories or people's memories attached to them that make them so special and interesting um and that's what we find when people come in to visit so that's great yeah i, I myself you know just walking around you know as we've, as we've just spoken about i've identified with so many cars in the collection what what car do you identify with perhaps the most yeah um that's really cool actually uh i mine changes my sort of favorite or the one i connect with most changes depending on what we're doing really um, because I don't actually have uh, an automotive background, like a lot of our visitors would, and I obviously haven't worked in a car factory myself, um, so I don't have that personal connection to any car here, but I have sort of um, a research interest in various cars. So as we're developing exhibitions or displays or cars are going out for events or being used for filming, um, I get to do a bit of a deep dive uh, research on them and then you sort of get a little bit of a fondness for them then so it actually depends what I'm working on at the time uh, to what my favourite thing is and what I connect with most probably <laughs> So what might it be at the moment then? Right right now uh, it would probably actually be so we're doing an, a STEM based uh, future exhibition um, so I've been doing quite a lot of research about um, electric cars uh, Nissan Leaf um, learning all about that which has been fascinating because um, not coming from a science background either uh, learning about how batteries and the motors and everything work has been uh, interesting, uh, complex um, but yeah I'd say uh, I'm sort of getting a bit of a connection with the hydrogen as well, we've got a hydrogen car coming in so doing a lot of research on that which is something I've never had uh, any knowledge of prior so yeah. So I just want to move away from cars and kind of focus on you know, the mission at the museum. You know, as we've been walking around the museum, it's not all been about cars. It's been about people. Would you mind you know, breaking down that mission for me? Absolutely. Um, so you might think you're going to a car museum, obviously the car is the star, uh, and we do have a lot of star cars over in the museum. Um, but I think the story that we're trying to tell uh, as well is the people behind those cars, and that isn't just limited to the people working in the factories. There's whole communities, uh, families, generations of people that have this deep connection or, or working connection as well with the with the industry. Um, there's so many connections to be made as well with uh, other periods of history. Obviously, the car industry has had a massive uh, impact during the war effort for both First and Second World War. Um, and there's also a whole industrial heritage uh, story to be told. So we've got a huge social history connection um, that isn't just... Uh, a sort of technical one um there's there's so many stories memories uh and other historical interest points that that link in with that connection um and we want to share really with people that it's more than just cars here although the cars are fantastic too 
I, th- I think that's a great point, really, of kind of bringing the social history because I don't think a lot of people can divorce, as we we're talking about with the museum, they, can, they can't really divorce the company and the car from yeah. the people making it. And I think one of the pieces in your museum that really best demonstrate that you can't divorce them is, is an Austin. Uh, would you mind telling us about this Austin? Is that the million, the millionth yeah. one? <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we're very fortunate. Obviously, uh, we we've got some pretty special cars in the collection um, for various different reasons. But we do have the millionth Austin um, from the line uh, in the 1940s, and it was signed by uh, all the people in the factory at the time. Uh, so if you come over to the museum, you can actually still see these signatures uh, on the car now. Um, sort of the history of the car meant that before it became part of the trust, it wasn't actually stored um, incredibly well. Uh, so it, it has some visible deterioration on it. Um, you can still make out the signatures, but it sort of goes to show really uh, the challenges that we have as well in um, what what our focus is over car or social history and that sort of thing. Um, because obviously a lot of probably vehicle restoration purists would want you to completely restore the car and and showcase it uh, as new um but for us by doing that you obviously get rid of that special connection to the people there uh, because you'd have to get rid of the signatures so uh, that's a really interesting conservation and preservation piece for us uh, that that brings you back to the people behind the cars and and from what I remember you telling me in the museum, you know, that really interesting piece, that one millionth Austin, still has a connection to today. Yes. Yes, we've actually... It's happened a few times, but uh, actually earlier this week, um, we had uh, a lady who came into the museum who had signed the car uh, when she was uh, 14 and started working in the typing pool um, at the Austin factory so that was amazing to to actually have that real life connection right in front of you um to to that car to that period of time uh, and that whole sort of social history about working in the in the factories and even the types of jobs uh, that are connected to the motor industry it's not just factory production on the line as well it was you know when you were telling me that i just thought wow like this car know doesn't look like it's from from today but you know feeling that close connection with it is is really quite quite cool and it must be brilliant yeah. for you guys to experience that every day yeah um, um anyone that comes to visit the museum we've got loads of pictures as well around uh the site which are from uh, our own archive and the amount of time that just by chance you'll be walking past families and you'll hear oh that's me in that picture or oh that's your granddad in that picture um that really sort of is like wow this is this is part of people's lives yeah so you know we're talking about you know connections and people seeing themselves in pictures and that's a big moment for those families to be able to show their their grandchildren but also this is a big year for the british motor museum yes uh would you mind telling us about this big year yeah big year um so the museum the museum turns 30 this year so we've got a, a big celebration uh going on in the summer for that um in august so many uh, events going on we're really trying to to try some new things out um 
So really encourage people to to check that out, which would be really good. Uh, but it's a great year for car anniversaries as well, uh, which we like to celebrate as we have quite a lot of cars to do that with. So uh, MG is 100, Triumph is 100, uh, and Land Rover 75. Uh, so we've got lots of different exhibitions, displays, and events going on to celebrate all of those big milestones. And it's it's really cool that you're able to you know, accelerate those you know, household names for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, Land Rovers, you, know, you, can't, you can't go 30 metres without seeing a Land Rover yeah. today. But how are you able to work with these companies that kind of celebrate that heritage? Yeah, we're very fortunate. I, I think probably part to do with um, the history of the collection itself. Uh, but just also what we do and how we do it, um, not to... Uh, you know i'm slightly biased about it but i think we do things quite well and and people recognize that within the industry so we're seen as um pretty capable uh place to to have your cars so um obviously we have this amazing connection um with the factories particularly we're, we're next door to jlr so land rover uh, we've got a very good connection and and uh, loaning cars backwards and forwards is always good we get to freshen up what we've got they get to celebrate their heritage which is lovely um but we also uh because of what we do have a great connection with the Vauxhall heritage um when they uh, closed the luton site and they needed somewhere to put their cars. We were a great place um, that could look after it, but have it available for the public um, whilst they still own it. So, you know, it's a, it's a win-win for everyone. Yeah, I, I like that phrase. It's a win-win for everyone. Um, but, you know, coming to storing and, and being able to see the cars, it's not just one site here. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, so... I think it must have been 2015, 2016, uh, we opened the collection centre over at the museum. So if you haven't been to the museum uh, since then, you, you need to come back. It's definitely changed. Um, but we now have the collection centre, which is another building just, just next door to where the museum is. Um, you can't miss it. It's a massive silver building. Um, but that actually is uh, is a working vehicle store, but we have um, a number of the cars uh, on display there it's publicly accessible uh, included in your museum ticket there's no extra charge for that open every day just the same as the museum um, but it means that actually out of the 400 odd cars that are in the collection um, a substantial chunk of them are on display uh, for, for you to be able to see and um, we've also got uh, an online website portal um, where you can search cars in the collection and it will tell you where it is what building it's in uh, or if it's on loan or if it's out for an event so hopefully um, if there's a very specific car that you want to come and see you'll be able to know where it is and if it's here before you come yeah I think that's great you can kind of like curate your visit around what you want to see yeah um, so you know one massive thing for us here at the magazine is we we love to make history accessible uh, and through our conversations today you know, it seems like it's something that you guys really place yes. at the forefront of how you, you, you show your history. So how do you try and make your, your museum, your exhibitions accessible for everyone? Yeah, I, well, uh, one of the key things for us physically is to just have as much as possible on display for people to see, um, you know, remove those barriers of having to get in touch to find find information out. So uh, between the museum and the collection centre, as I mentioned um, most of the cars that we hold are on display um, on site at any given day. We also have a small artefact store 
um, where a, a good proportion of our sort of, we call automobilia, um, collection is on display as well. Uh, our archive collection, we have a, a searchable online portal for the collections that are digitised. Uh, it's only a, a scratch on the surface, but it's a start um, into what we do. And being able to search what we've got here, cars um, and image-wise, is great for people that can't get to the site. Um, we've also been working on things like Zoom tours for people that can't get here, but that extends of We've had um, tour groups from Japan, from New Zealand, from Australia. So reaching people that we possibly never could have before, uh, and that's that's been brilliant. But physically on the site as well, we try to accommodate everybody's needs as much as we can. Um, we have things subtitled wherever possible. Um, we have audio descriptions where we can. Uh, wheelchair accessibility. There's not really any barriers to a lot of the cars. So you can get right up to them. And we have a fantastic team here on site um, to try and make any visit special. So that might include opening some doors so people can get a better view, um, doing specialised tours for people uh, and that sort of thing. And um, over our 30th anniversary um, events week, we're also going to be doing a special access day. So um, there's a few things that we're doing during that day, quiet AVs, uh, reduced lighting and that sort of thing, just to give different people that might need slightly different experiences that opportunity as well. I think I think that's you know, so amazing because, you know, it's, it's something that's quite personal for me, but trying to increase that accessibility so that everyone can try and learn history in their own way, Yeah, uh, I think it's really important. So I, I do really applaud you guys for the efforts that you're making within that field. Um, you don't, you also don't only you're not the only occupiers of this site no that's true um so if you come down to the british motor museum you not only get access to the two sites the collection center and the museum itself but there's also two collections here so two charitable trusts sit here uh, there's the british motor industry heritage trust um which is uh, the trust i work for but there's also the jaguar daimler heritage trust um and they have a very extensive collection, as I'm sure you can imagine, of Jaguars and Daimlers. Um, so on site, uh, they have their own portion in the museum uh, and over in the collection centre, they have their own floor um, there where they do a similar similar sort of thing, displaying uh, pretty much all of the cars in their collection as well. And I think it's, it's a great place to come and see, you know, like I said, so many different cars, but see these cars restored and looked after properly as well yes yeah um so i think that's a great place for us to take our ad break after that we'll come back from with some questions from our listeners um which are three really amazing questions so i'll talk to you guys after our ad break now obviously you love historical content because you are listening to the historians magazine podcast but if you need some more historical content in your life or if you're a history writer or budding history writer looking to start your historical content creator journey, then I have the perfect place for you. And that is thehistorycorner.org or the History Corner blog as they're known on Instagram. And this is the perfect place for creative people to find a hub for historical writing or those who love living history or photography to find ways to collaborate with the community. So that is thehistorycorner.org and the History Corner blog 
on Instagram. Great place for contributors and authors to start their historical content creation journey. That is thehistorycorner.org or the History Corner blog on Instagram. If you enjoy the sound of my voice, and I really hope you do because you are listening to the Historians Magazine podcast, I think you'll really enjoy the History of Jackson podcast. The History of Jackson podcast brings up-to-date historical research to you from historians, authors and researchers in an accessible and digestible way that strips away the academic jargon that none of us understand and focuses on the history at the root of the episode. So if that's something that appeals to you and you want to learn more about up-to-date historical research, head to the History of Jackson podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That is the History of Jackson podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you very much for staying with us after the ad break. So Kat, we're now going to ask three questions from our listeners. So from Rosie, what car slash collection object does everyone want to know about? Um, actually it's quite hard to answer Um, we obviously have a pretty vast collection of different marks but we also have uh, a good audience base of enthusiasts uh, car clubs and and that sort of thing so we quite frequently get asked about iconic or key cars to specific uh, marks so that would be for example the first Land Rover, uh, we get quite a lot of questions about that, um, the first Morris Mini Minor, uh, or even the uh, MG Old Number 1. So it's probably the more well-known cars that we get those questions on. Um, we do also get quite a lot of uh, people that inquire that have cars that they're restoring that we also have in the collection and they would like to come and have a look at what fabric the roof is made <laughs> of or um, what the, how the engine layout is and, and that sort of thing. So we, we accommodate all those sorts of requests where we can. Um, but I wouldn't say that there's been one specific uh, car or object over any other, but generally speaking, we get the same sorts of questions across a range of different cars. I hadn't I hadn't thought about you know how some of the cars in your collection, which I think is quite interesting, could be used for people restoring their own. Yes, to yeah. um, a lot of the tool uh, molding and things like that, you can't get the uh, parts made for some of these cars. So people often come and uh, take measurements so that they can make their own and things like that, or they make stencils for radiators and things like that it's it's very interesting and again not something that i really <laughs> realized would be a thing we had uh, someone in recently um who wanted to look at seat mechanisms on various different cars from the 1920s and you get all sorts of really interesting inquiries um that you would never have thought that you would get so it's, it's brilliant yeah that, that's quite a niche question about so, seat mechanisms yeah, and so we, I think everyone loves that new car smell. So yes, yeah. Well, we get a lot of um, old car smell, uh, which sounds really horrible. <laughs> um, but leather, in particular, 
gives off a really, really intense smell after a while, and it is, it is those sorts of things that are the thought-provoking things for your visitor. Um, if you open a door and they get hit by that smell, and yeah. it just takes them back to a period of time and starts a whole story off, which is amazing. You get so many great stories and anecdotes from that. Yeah, and you get to. Uh, I assume you get to feel how great people feel, or how well people feel connected to the cars yeah, and your and your collection. You can see that moment of like wow on their face, and um, particularly, it's amazing for things like resonance. We get quite a few um, dementia groups coming in, and that uh, smell is a really, really powerful tool for unlocking memories. Sometimes. Oh wow! Well, we're going to move on to our next question now, which is from Ellie Webster. What's your most frequently asked question about possessions in the museum? Oh, that's a, that's quite a good one as well, Ellie. Um, frequently asked question about things in the museum. Uh, well, often, um, the probably the most frequently asked thing that we is is things like, um, can we use the car for something? So we get an awful lot of media type requests um, or uh, research type requests. Um, journalism, filming or writing books uh, so we quite often uh, get people that approach us and, and ask for use of the vehicles um, also for events and stuff like that so we, uh, it's probably a very different question if you ask the archive team here though um, they get a lot more research type inquiries um, people that are writing books and that sort of thing um, I probably get more use related inquiries I would say uh, but there's um, there's so many different parts of this organisation I'm sure that if you ask different people you get a completely different answer. <laughs> I should have asked for a ride in the car now. Yeah, That's you, a... <laughs> yeah you should have. And our final question here is from, from Edith. Uh, obviously we've already touched upon the relationship that you have with JLR so what's your rarest Land Rover in your collection? Yeah so we are very very fortunate with our relationship with JLR um, so we uh, often get sort of first and last off the line, which is brilliant. Um, probably the one of the uh, key ones that we've got is is obviously the first the first Land Rover. So we've got the pre-production uh, Land Rover, which is currently in the entrance to the museum um, because this year is seventy five years of Land Rover. Um, so that one is always uh, a big big crowd pleaser. Um, very uh, important car uh, and it's amazing it's amazing to have it in the museum because it really brings to life the story of Land Rover which is great um, but I would say that's that's probably one of the um, but there's so many we've got in the collection first and last and uh, ones that have done special events and expeditions and that sort of thing so it really depends I suppose on what your interest is in a certain thing there's so many angles you can take we've got royal ones as well here so there's loads loads of special ones but all special for different reasons yeah and i think it, it must be great to be able to you know see that first off the line but then also see the last of the same yeah, model yeah so thank you very much for sitting down with us cat and talking with us how can people find the museum in person and online website is always a good place to start we have a pretty good social media facebook instagram and twitter it's just british motor museum um or bm museum i think sometimes uh then 
obviously the museum itself. We're uh, we're in Warwickshire. We're in Gaydon, just off Junction Twelve on the M40. Um, but there are always signposts when you get nearby uh, to help direct you to where you need to go. And we would love for people to come and visit, um, especially during our thirtieth anniversary. We, we've got so much going on. And I must say, when you come through those first gates and you can see the campus it looks absolutely amazing uh, and you definitely know you're in the right place when you come through that <laughs> yeah it's got a pretty impressive drive up to it yeah, yeah. would you mind telling us when those 30th anniversary celebrations are yes i believe uh, it starts on the 14th of august uh, through to the 20th of august um but we've always got events uh, cropping up in the calendar so check on the website or the social media as well for the most up-to-date info Awesome. And just to make it a point for you guys, the British Motor Museum are a feature uh, museum in the motorsport edition of the magazine. So you can read all about them in the magazine before or after you've listened to this this podcast episode. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. And thank you very much for having me today. I really appreciated it. Yeah.